0: Welcome. Today we are going to be talking about the five teams that did the best job drafting during this past NFL draft. So Tyler, I know you have your list of top five. I got my list. We did. Obviously we did the, our bottom five and there were some arguments to we made there. And yeah. I think you
1: alluded to prior to hit record that you and I could be arguing over your top five, which... I'm very interested to see. I'm actually I'm very curious because I, I think I'll actually probably
0: agree with you a little more on the top than I probably did on the fucking bottom. So we'll see. Only one way to find out. So we're going to go ahead and share our lists. Tyler, would you like to start us off with your number five?
1: I would not. I want to hear your number five because I'm really interested to see why I'm going to have a problem with this.
0: You know, and I think this is where we're going to first disagree is right there on the number five because I think the team that had the fifth best draft and I know this is going to come across like being a homer is the Buffalo Bills. You
1: can't be serious. Why not? Look, the Bills
0: absolutely knocked it out of the park in the first yeah. two rounds.
1: There's teams that did much better than
0: Buffalo in this draft. There are four teams that did much better in Buffalo and have them ranked ahead of Buffalo, yes. I have five. And if well, I had to
1: do six, they wouldn't
0: be six either. Here's what I loved about their draft. One, Dalton Kincaid is a top 10 prospect. Yes. PFF had him rated as the top receiving prospect, not, and that's not just based out of tight ends, that's out of the wide receiver and tight end position. You're adding a weapon like that to the Buffalo Bills offense, which is already very dynamic. One thing that Braden Bean really discussed after making this election, they are going to start rolling out a lot more of 12 formations, a lot of two tight end sets. He is a Pass catching tight end right his strength isn't in in run blocking so they're going to actually slot him out a lot of times and just have a motion into a slot position and essentially play tight end out of the slot i love that i think that's going to be a great fit i think that you put a big body like that running over the middle he is fantastic at reading zones uh, he had, I think, about 870 yards from scrimmage last year. About, oh, I think it was around 650 total. Came from uh, zone coverage. So he's excellent at just sitting in, finding the finding the zones. Has a great feel for route running. Has a great instinct, uh, and he's going to be a quarterback's best friend. So I think I love that for Josh Allen. But the best pick came number two when uh, in the second round when they got their guard, who was the top rated guard in the in the entire in the entire class at pick 59. Yeah. They had taken him. In round one, no one would have batted a night. No one would have been like, oh, that was a bad pick. That was a reach. No, they were like, okay, they needed an O-line help. That guy was probably going to be gone by the time they picked in the second round. Makes sense why they picked that guy. Instead, they were able to get an awesome weapon to, add to their to their offense. And then they were able to get a fantastic O-line option uh, to bolster the defense for Josh Allen. And then they got some great value picks down the road uh, later on as well when they got a guy like Justin Shorter, who is a huge six-four. Uh, receiver that can be that big-bodied guy and he averaged almost 20 yards a reception last year so you know he's the deep ball type uh much like kind of like the gabe davis type but even bigger bigger body than gabe davis so i love that pick for them i thought that the bills absolutely strengthened their position through the draft and i think that they added a wrinkle to their offense with dalton Kincaid that is going to give afc teams a nightmare this season okay thank you
1: guys absolutely murdered the first two rounds the Kincaid pick, you and I you and I both in that moment expected them to go a lot. It was really out of left field. Going after another weapon for Josh Allen, it never hurts. No. But you and I also both thought that teams were gonna go in a certain direction in the first round, and plenty of teams proved us wrong that night. Getting the top-rated guard. In the second round of pick 59, a lot, dude, a lot of talented offensive linemen dropped
0: in this but the, draft. The need still got addressed with top, yes. the best prospect they could have asked to get to address that need, right? Yeah. So you can't fault them. And here's the thing about Dalton Kincaid that people, the Bills fans especially, don't realize, I think, because I know because I was one of them, right? And it's like, we have Dawson Knox. He's already a good tight end. But then you look a little deeper and you realize that Dawson Knox wasn't all that productive last year. We were 29th total at a tight end production. 29th, which meant that we had literally Dawson Knox and no one else to throw to from the tight end position. There was no one else. Look at what Josh Allen did after uh, losing Brian Dabble and having to adjust to a new offensive coordinator. As good of a job as I think that he's doing up there in Buffalo, Josh Allen struggled last year in the red zone, and they gave him a weapon that's to address that right there in the red zone. Dalton Kincaid, his freshman year when he was playing in Utah and barely getting snaps, got 24 receptions that year. 11 of them were touchdowns. He is a red zone magnet, and he's going to be a great fit for this Bills offense. Even though it wasn't what I was expecting, when you take time to reflect and look at everything, I think they have put themselves in a position to have a much more dynamic offense, which last year when they had some lulls, having a big body up the middle to get an easy seven, eight yards on first down, absolutely.
1: Sure, that sure. A That's good. That a lot. You saw me make a face about Josh Allen having less red zone turnovers. It wasn't so much for me about, like, getting him another weapon to try and prevent that. It was more or less the Brian Dable side of it. Like, Brian Dable did a lot of great things for Josh Allen as the OC in Buffalo. And look at what he did with Daniel Jones last year in New York. Like, the last two years, Daniel Jones was nothing but a turnover machine. Last year, he only had single-digit turnovers. Dude, Josh Allen is... A top three quarterback in the AFC, it's undisputed. He's number three. But getting him another weapon was pivotal. Gabe Davis showed a lot of promise in the playoffs two years ago. Didn't really follow that up with very much in this last season.
0: So you get he was him. banked up a bit last year. I mean he,
1: he had he, he had some nice games. He was he was a bit I, get, I get I get it. But when you put up four touchdowns against Patrick fucking Mahomes and the Chiefs in right.
0: Arrowhead, expectations are through the roof. he's gonna get you chunk plays. He's not gonna get yeah. you to those possession uh, receptions. And that that's what they were really lacking. They had Stefan Diggs, and once defense is new to Q in on Stefan Diggs, there wasn't really anyone else that they could go to Consistently and reliably. Dawson Knox, as good as he is, doesn't have the same feel as a receiver that a kid like Dalton Kincaid does.
1: 100%. 100%. And that's why I think they went this direction, because yeah. two years ago, they were in that AFC Divisional round against the Chiefs, watched Gabe Davis go off for four touchdowns, and thought, okay, we finally found our complimentary guy to Stephon Diggs. And then, yes, he battled injury, but he, he didn't live up to the hype that he set himself up with in 2021. I feel like they went in that direction to go ahead and, okay, now we're going to get our guy for Josh
0: Allen. That being said, we've spent a lot of time talking about the Bills. What's your number five? I know you have the Bills outside the top five, so I'm curious who you have knocking them off. Baltimore did a lot of things right this
1: offseason. Number one priority, and they did it on on the afternoon of the first round of the draft. They retained their quarterback, which a lot of people, to me included, for a while. I thought that relationship was so sour to where we would see that. I legit thought somebody would make an offer sheet that would be a little too rich for the Ravens, and they would just decide to take the two first-round picks and move the fuck on.
0: Here's my philosophy on why that didn't happen. I don't think Lamar Jackson's quite good enough for other teams to really want to put that much money into him. I don't... I want to be very careful how I say this because I think Lamar Jackson is a very good football player. But ever since 2019, his MVP season, teams have schemed him a lot better, and he simply has not returned to that level of efficiency. And I think that he is a tier below elite. I think yeah. you look at the elite quarterbacks in the AFC especially, uh, you got you got Burrow, you got Mahomes, right? Obviously Josh Allen. I'm sure there's someone else. Aaron Rodgers, maybe. I'm not sure where he's at in his career, but... Herbert, sure. Trevor Lawrence, like those Trevor guys, Lawrence, I don't yeah, yeah. know that Trevor Lawrence is quite the elite level, but he, the ceiling's definitely there and the floor's getting up there too. So he might be there very soon. Uh, I, I don't see Lamar Jackson in that same crop. He's very, very good. He's very, very difficult to, to game plan for, but teams have figured out how to game plan for him to some level of effect, where he has only won one playoff game. Extending that much money to a guy who. This many seasons into his career has only won one playoff game when he has perennially great defenses. Year in, year out, great running back, great running games, always a great tight end, lacking receiver options for sure. For sure. Give him, give him, you know, for sure. Absolutely. This is his year. He has no excuses after this year, right? He got his 100%. Receivers. 100%.
1: And that's my argument with it too. Like, yes, he hasn't lived up to the 2019 hype over the last couple of seasons. Some of that's due to injury. Some of that is due to the fact that, is it easier to scheme against him? Yeah, because there's only one person that you're worried he's gonna throw the football to. Yes, they have a great running game. Well, he's 50% of it. I agree with you. There is no argument. This is what we would call his make or break, get to that next level of quarterback play, but he's the highest paid player in the NFL now. If he doesn't make it, you are stuck with that contract. Number one, I loved Baltimore locking him in. That was the right move and that's something they should have done over a year ago. You want to talk about overpaying for somebody, they overpaid for Odell Beckham Jr. But you're talking about a quarterback who's lacked weapons significantly and I don't know if there's another quarterback on his level or if any other quarterback in the NFL at all who has had the lack of weapons that he has had in his wide receiver group. So you bring in a veteran guy like OBJ. Like If OBJ's healthy, he showed you. He can be a very, good, a very good two, like he was with the Rams. You draft Zay Flowers in the first round.
0: He goes from zero wide receivers to two plus Mark Andrews. Well, I, I get that Bateman didn't quite live up to the breakout season expectations people had for him last year. Bateman is not a number one. He's not a true number one. He will never be a true number one, but he can be a very good number two, and I think he he needs to be counted in as a weapon in that new receiving court. I think he will be more of a weapon now that we have, like you said, uh, No BJ, veteran presence, and you have Isaiah flowers who's going to bring in that dynamic young skill set. I love them stacking up the skill positions
1: for him. Hopefully his running backs can stay healthy because that'll help lighten the load on him as well. Mm -hmm. They didn't pick up Patrick. Patrick Queen's fifth-year option. So, and a lot of dudes did not get fifth-year options picked up. I think there was only eleven out of thirty-two. Twelve.
0: Twelve. 12. Okay. Yes. Which is a record. That's a, the the previous lowest amount of uh, from a draft class. Seventeen teams picking up the fifth-year uh, extensions. Only 12 teams this year picked up those fifth-year extensions. That is a historically low number. That is crazy. Baltimore knew that that was probably the direction that they were going with Patrick
1: Queen. Like, that's not a split-second decision. They immediately attacked the linebacker position and get Trent Simpson to try and fill that role, to build depth in their linebacking core. Find someone opposite Roquan Smith. I loved that pick for them. Love everything else they did through the, the draft, edge, corner, offensive tackle, guard. They attacked the key true positions through the draft and in free agency as well. Baltimore on both ends of the spectrum absolutely knocked it out of the park. I have them at five for me.